Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Welcome back to the God Center Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I am glad to be back at you again. Happy Thursday. I uh, took a little hiatus, a little break for the holiday and for my birthday, and uh, I'm glad to be back in the saddle and uh, giving you inspiration. So uh, in our GCR groups lately, we've been talking about making deposits, and that is making deposits inside of our uh, close relationships, most importantly, our significant other, our spouse, and uh, the relationship that we have with our children. And there are some men out there in listening to this podcast where um, you don't have a significant other and your children are kind of moved away or there's you know a rift in, in the relationship and you don't have that connection. Uh, I just wanted to encourage you anyways that you know, the principles of, of being a father, um, they play out in the spiritual side too. And that is there, there's multiple youngsters out there, uh, that need a spiritual father that need a mentor and to be able to sponsor somebody, to be able to really, uh, connect and mentor somebody. Uh, it's important to know a strong principles of, of being a, a father figure. So, I'd encourage you to look at your life and begin to say, who am I going to make deposits into? Now, if you are married, the first person that you should be thinking about is your wife. Uh, if you have children, the second people that you should be thinking about is your children. How am I going to invest? How am I going to make deposits inside of them? And then after that would be uh, church, family, uh, acquaintances, mentor, relationships, and stuff like that. There is never nobody to begin to invest in. And we have to step outside of ourselves and, and begin to look and say, you know what, I'm going to intentionally uh, make investments inside of other people. Uh, this is what life's about. So if you know anything about this podcast, we are talking about your family, faith, fitness, and your finance. And the podcast um, and the meetings have been geared towards first your family. And your friends can fall under that category. Uh, like I said, if your um, significant other, your wife has passed away or you're divorced, um, then you go to your next and then you go to your children. If you don't have any children, then you go to your, your church, your community, mentor relationships, your friends. But the most important thing you can do on a daily fashion is begin to make deposits. There's somebody out there to invest in. And I want you to really grasp and understand that because uh, we can't say, you know what, I don't have a spouse and therefore I'm, I, I get to opt out on this uh, fulfillment exercise. You see, the greatest thing that we could do is to get out of, get out of ourselves and to really look and say, you know what, I'm going to be the kind of person that invests and deposits myself into other people. And so, you know, I practice this by, by doing this podcast. What I'm doing is I'm taking my voice, my, my, um, my wisdom, uh, if you will, and my revelation, and I'm giving it to somebody else. And they're subscribing and they're listening and reaching hundreds of people, you know, through social media uh, channels and all those things. So I'm, I'm intentionally making a deposit and an investment in other people.
This is a an action that I have uh, solidified that this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be about. And I'm going to invest myself in other people. And it doesn't come haphazardly. It comes by intentional desire and will to make it happen. And so we got to take that same frame of mind that, you know what, there are people in our life that, um, that I am going to invest in. Uh, inside our GCR groups, we have men inside of those groups. Um, we have about 60 to 70 men signed up, but, um, you know, 15 to whatever show up on a weekly basis. Um, this is times you come to the online meetings and begin to make investments in other people. And you might say, you know what, I'm good with my recovery. I, um, I got five, 10 years sober. I'm rocking it. I'm, I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. Well, then there are people that need your wisdom. There are people that need you to show up and begin to be that mentor, begin to make those deposits. So we never get to opt out on the first one in this uh, family, faith, fitness, and finance is making deposits inside of people. So number two is faith. And that is your trust, your reliance, and your relationship uh, with God. And if you want to learn more about um, investing in yourself and, and, and really thinking about what you're, you're consuming, uh, you could drop down in the podcast list and you can take a listen to um, You Are What You Eat or What Are You Consuming. Uh, there's a couple of podcast episodes back there that really, really hit home on uh, this topic. But today we're going to talk about prayer because it's it's nice to invest in other people and to to be that person that makes deposits, but there has to come a deposit within yourself. And the gospel says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, uh, and your neighbor as yourself. But inside of this is that you have to be begin to love yourself too. And you have to begin to make investments and deposits inside of your own life. Because here's what's going to happen. If you are just a giver, and that is you are, you are giving your time away, you're giving your energy away, you're investing, you're making deposits, and you're getting nothing in return, then you are investing in a lot of takers, and pretty soon you are going to be empty. There's not going to be anything left to give. And so for a relationship to begin to happen, it has to be this give and take, right? But you have to begin to make deposits inside of your heart, inside of your life, so you are full, and when you are full, you can begin to invest inside of other people. But here's the reality. If you don't love yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, investing in yourself, in your heart, in your wisdom, in your mindset, your spiritual life, if you're not making deposits inside of your own heart, there's not going to be much for you to give to other people. And so that compassion, that giving, that, that rewarding of yourself must be a, a, a positive, powerful thing in your life so it can begin to overflow. Now, the first thing that you could do is begin to invest in yourself is begin to communicate with God. And that is this idea of prayer, okay? And the Bible doesn't leave us like wandering around like, what is this? Uh, what is prayer? What is communication with God all about? It, it kind of spells it out for us. And so we're going to dive into that um, this morning. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. 
Uh, if you're following along in this podcast, you know that we always revert back to the book of Luke, and we're going through the entire book. So we are at uh, chapter 11 uh, there in verse 2. And he said, um, talking about Jesus, Jesus said, unto them, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, uh, on heaven, so in the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then, of course, some translations go, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> so the first reality of this is when you pray. Now, it's not... Uh, um, it wasn't like if you pray. It wasn't uh, whether or not uh, whether or not you pray. <laughs> it was just the fact of when. So with that uh, 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 written like that, it, it was the mindset that it was kind of expected that you know when this uh, communication takes place, then uh, um, then this is the way it should go about. So uh, first is when you pray. Now, this idea of prayer is um, is an often confused um, scenario, um, and I think it's confusing because it's a fundamental staple of most religions, right? Uh, most religions have this um, core value of prayer, and they have all these ideas centered around um, you know what it is about. Um, so I'm going to break this down, uh, this word in the Greek before we get started, but it means to make a humble and earnest entreaty. So the first one is being humble and the other one is entreaty. So an ask a request. And then the following words, um, thoroughly describe, uh, devotion, honor, and show regard. So prayer is supposed to be a, a, a devotional thing, and it's supposed to give honor and regard to somebody. And that, of course, is God. Uh, Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. He said, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And so this might be an amazing thing for you to begin to think about, but um, when Jesus was talking about hypocrites, he said, hypocrites love to pray. <laughs> and it's hard for us to really, really grasp that because... You know, Jesus was talking about religiosity. He was in a culture of, of people that were consumed by religion but didn't have any power, didn't have any relationship. Uh, they had a bunch of rules, and they thought if they kept these rules, then, then they, they, would, they would earn righteousness by their behavior. And so to spell it out, he said, listen, even hypocrites love to pray. But the motivation behind it is paramount. And he goes on to say they love to pray for certain reasons. And the reasons were, you know, to stand on the, you know, in the synagogues and stand on the street corners 
And the key word here it was to be seen by men. And so the first thing as we consider prayer, it's, it's the idea of the condition of our heart. And that is, are we praying to feel more spiritual? Are we praying because we feel like um, God uh, won't love us if we don't? Are we praying because um, we think that that is the key to get the blessing of God? Are we praying because we are counting the time in, in which the length of our prayers so we can thereby at the end feel righteous because of the time we spent and all of these things. And so there's many reasons why men pray. Some people pray because they don't want to go to hell, right? Some people pray because they, they, it's a part of righteousness and they say, I will not be righteous if I don't pray at this certain time and face this certain mountain, uh, you know, face this certain direction and all of these things. And so the condition of our, uh, of our heart, Jesus said, is paramount. It says, when you pray, of course, it is expected that you will, but you need to understand that every religion, every person, every, uh, even, even the hypocrites, they love to pray, but the motivation is wrong in doing so. So the key thing we must uh, grasp is why are we doing what we are doing? Why are we doing what we are doing? Now, Jesus established, first of all, that we come as our Father. And if someone were to ask me what is the key things in prayer, I would first say, let's examine the condition of your heart and understand why you want to pray. Is it because you want to connect with God? Is it because you want to be uh, close to Him and, and uh, you know perform His will and stuff like that? And then I'd say, boom, you're on the right track. But if it's something else, then I would say, check your motives. Because to be seen by men uh, on the street corners or in the synagogues and these long flowery prayers and this, that, and the other thing, it's, it's, just, it's just of no value or benefit to anybody. So Jesus starts it off first, our Father. And that is when we, we come for communication, it's to address our Father and that establishes our relationship as a son. And I have 99% of men who listen to this podcast because I checked the stat stats. There's a couple of women that sneak in there and they find value in this. But I'm talking to men here. Is that you have entered into a relationship where God has become your father and you have become his child. And so any communication comes first with this frame the frame that God is my father, I am his child, and I come to him as a son, and he relates to me as a father. And if this is not the way that, that, that prayer is working for you, I challenge you to begin to change that, because that is, the, that is the frame in which Jesus said this prayer thing is going to work, is that we come to God as our father. Uh, even more so, I would say this, because many of us have had very negative experiences um, with our father, and we have a, a very negative image of what a father actually is. So I would challenge you to, to really list out what a loving father looks like. 
what a loving father looks like. And we did this kind of exercise in, in, in group the other night, but it's really breaking down what does that father look like. And so if I were to describe a perfect father, I would say um, it's a father that, that takes on the role of, of coaching and encouragement. It's a father who, don't, uh, who doesn't beat me when I'm down. It's a father who loves at all times, and, and it's not based upon uh, the conditions of my behavior or the way I'm acting, and that he has a, um, a correction and a, and a discipline, um, that he sets structure inside of my life um, for my own benefit and for my own good. And when I go off the path, he's there to find me and to bring me back on the path. And that's, that's this idea of discipline and correction that he brings us back on the path because he wants us to experience life. And so if we can come to God as a loving and assertive father, that is the next powerful step inside of prayer, our father which art in heaven. And the next one is to begin to think about um, how good he is. You see, this, this hallowed be thy name is really saying like holy, awesome, to be revered, to be honored, you know, is your name. And from the beginning of time, God began to uh, establish and to reveal his name to people. And attached to his name was a, a awesome characteristic of who he was. Um, you go back in Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, and you go through all the different definitions of his name, and you will find that he is everything that you need. Everything that you need, that he is the provider, he is the all-present, he is the all powerful and all of those things. So, um, if you're looking to to find reverence or to be in awe of God, I challenge you to go back and to begin to to look at the names of God and um, really, really uh, let those realities um, sink in side of you. So Jesus says this. He says again when you pray. I, like, I love his verbiage there. Every time he, he talks about prayer, prayer it's just when. Uh, he actually, uh, he says, when you fast also and when you give and all of those things, it was thoroughly expected that that these were going to be the disciplines of, of, of his followers, that it's not if you give or if you fast or if you pray, it's just when. So when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. When I hear this uh, scripture, I think of, um, I think it was something that Solomon said uh, inside of Proverbs or uh, Lamentations or, or, or something like that. Um, and it was that, uh, you know, God is on heaven above and you are on the earth beneath, so let your words be few. And what we got to understand is, is that God is not concerned with the length of our prayers. In fact, if you go throughout the Bible and you and you look at the little prayers that happen, um, you know, in the Bible, this one, the Lord's Prayer. Like if I were to say this Lord's Prayer, it would take me a whole 40 seconds. 
And what we got to understand is that God is not concerned with the length. He's not concerned with the much speaking. <laughs> I get a visual of this is that, you know, sometimes that uh, we go on and on in our communication and we're talking and, and, and God's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, and I don't know if that's truth or reality, but sometimes I think uh, we could we could be a great bore with going on and on and on about this, that, and the other thing. When, and and we do this sometimes, and I see people do this, and they say, um, especially in the old school uh, religion, if you didn't spend an hour in prayer, then you weren't spiritual, right? And then it went up to two hours in prayer. If you didn't spend two hours a day in prayer, then you weren't spiritual, I think it was uh, uh, John Wesley or, or, or Luther that said, if I didn't spend an hour in prayer a day, then the devil gets the victory. And, and so this is this weird sort of thinking that, that somehow spirituality is attached to the length of our prayers. And I kind of want to bust that in because that's what Jesus portrayed here is that the length of the prayers and the repetition of the words and saying things repeatedly and over and over like incant incantations and all of that stuff doesn't have any value. Think of prayer like this, that I'm going to talk to daddy. And when we go talk to daddy, are we really concerned about the length of our conversations? When I go talk to daddy, am I concerned about saying things repeatedly? When, when I go talk to my daddy, am I speaking in the king's English? And that is, yay, Lord, thou sayest thou mustest. When I go talk to my father, am I repeating the same thing over and over again? Like maybe when you're like four, like, daddy, please, daddy, please, daddy, please. But as you mature and grow up, the communication is not this repetition and repeatedness. It is like, hey, dad, do you think you can, you can drop me off over at such and such? And dad responds, yes or no, right? And we don't go to our father and say, hey, dad, do you think that you can drop me off at such and such? Oh, hey, dad, do you think you can drop me off at such and such? Oh, hey, dad, do you think you could drop me off at such and such? Whoa, we don't do that. And it's ludicrous. And it, it's a false form of spirituality that, uh, that doesn't have any merit or value inside of it. And so when you pray, check the motivations Come to God as your father. Don't be concerned with the, the lengthiness. And don't feel like you have to repeat yourself over and over again. And that is uh, some powerful realities of prayer. So we'll go through just a little bit. But hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. This is one of the most powerful things that we can understand about prayer is that in, in heaven... In his kingdom, uh, there is no sickness, there is no pain. And I must touch on this a little bit because many people have this idea of God that he wants to uh, make you suffer. He wants you to go through a lot of pain um, and all of these things. And when we understand the, the identity of God as Father, 
then we understand his nature. And that's how he relates to us. So if you wouldn't want that to happen to your child, what makes you think God would want it to happen to you? Would you want your child to, to be in extreme pain and torment and, and suffer you know, loss? Absolutely not. Uh, when you think about your relationship with your children, you say, you know what, I, I, I want the best for them. And that is I want them to have a fulfilled life. I want them to uh, have a, a connectedness with, with God. I want them to experience uh, fulfillment and all of those things. And so we got to ask ourselves, what, make think, what makes us think that God is any different? If God wanted us to suffer and to be in pain and all of those things, he would have made heaven that. And that we would, uh, uh, we would be in his will for all eternity and in a form of anguish and pain. But he doesn't do that. He says that heaven is a place where no sickness, no disease, no darkness, no all of these things, because that is the will of God for us. That is our future. And so to understand that he, he wants the best for us is super important. Is super important because if you think God wants you to to uh, suffer and go through pain and that He is the cause of your pain, then you're not going to to seek Him, right? Because He is the one causing and inflicting the pain. It's much like the government, right? Who who creates the scenarios, the cre creates the pain, and then they come through as the savior and as the solution. That's not the way God operates. He's not the cause and the source of your pain. And so he could be relied upon for comfort, for strength, and all of those things because he is there as our father who wants the best for us. So thinking about his kingdom for a minute and that he wants his kingdom come, his will to be done, listen to this, on earth as it is in heaven. And so part of our prayer, part of our communication is to get, uh, um, to get heaven inside of us to have the experience of, of his will that is taking place in heaven to take place on earth inside of my life. And so part of that communication is, is to, to really get me in alignment with his will. And so I can begin to get the inside scoop, if you will. Because here's the reality. Our father, he, he is all powerful. He is beyond space and time. And he knows the past, present, and the future. And that is that he has the inside scoop, right? And that he can direct us into the way that he chooses. Because he wants the best for us. And so he is like the, the good shepherd, right? And he leads us besides the steel waters. And he restores our soul. And our cup runs over. But we only experience the reality of these things when we get in alignment and we begin to be swayed by the communication that is taking place. You see, part of prayer is not only speaking, it's listening. And that's, that's what is meant by what Paul said to pray without ceasing. I often th uh, uh, think about, okay, so Jesus says, let your words be few and don't think you'll be heard for your many words and your much speaking and your repetitions and all those things. But then Paul says, pray without ceasing. What is going on here? They're not a contradiction because we should be open 
to that communication all throughout the day. And that is what it is meant by pray without ceasing. We often think, you know, this is my prayer time. And that is, I, I will give, you know, six o'clock to 6.15. And we, we think in the that mode of fashion, and here's the little space and time that I'm going to communicate. And God says, open that up. Open that up to all day long. As long as I am a conscious and I am awake, that I am going to be open to any form of communication that might come my way. In the, in the form of listening to podcasts, in the form of reading books, in the form of reading the Bible, in the form of praying, in the form of listening to other men, uh, listening to what is coming out of my wife's mouth. And all these forms in which God could communicate, I am open throughout the day. And that's what it means to be in a state of communion without ceasing. It's not that you just jabber your mouth all day long, but you're open. You see, God wants his kingdom come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we begin to get in alignment, we can begin to make that a reality inside of our lives. So give us this day our daily bread. This is just a simple prayer for daily necessities, right? And forgive those, uh, forgive us our sins. We also forgive those who sins against us. So inside of this communion is understanding that, that our daily needs ask. Whatever it is that you need, ask. In fact, the um, uh, one of the writers says, you have not because you ask not. And Jesus made it very, very clear. Ask, seek, knock, and you will find. Now, the precursor of receiving, the precursor of finding, of receiving, or actually holding as a possession, is the request. And it's, it's that way for multiple different reasons. First and foremost, it's to build a desire inside of your heart, inside of your life. Because if you want something, you will begin, you will begin to uh, seek after and pursue it. Everything that, uh, that happens inside of our world starts with desire. Desire is a powerful thing. Don't be deceived by the different religions out there that say, you know what, you need to come to emptiness and be void of any desire or have no expectations. That is all uh, some other teaching, right? It's not from Jesus. Jesus said this, ask, seek, find, knock, pursue. Go out there and begin to make your requests, begin to pursue, begin to ask, and let the desire build on the inside of you because that is the key to any sort of fulfillment. We have not, because we ask not, make the request. And during those things, you know, during any sort of prayer, it's, it's really important to um, be open to forgiving other people and forgiving yourself for the mistakes you made uh, could be the previous day. So lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. And this is highly important, you know, inside of uh, our recovery lifestyle. And that is, you know, making the request for God's presence to, to be with you and empower you throughout the day. Of course, you know, if uh, uh, don't lead me into temptation, if you do, uh, fill me with the understanding that I have the power to overcome this thing because you are there with me.
So these are all powerful realities inside of prayer. Uh, I hope this uh, encourages you to begin to, to seek God in reality and truth. But most of all, come to him as your father and be blessed. I will uh, see you tomorrow. Peace.